0: This is the sky is Blue podcast.
1: Well, the sky is blue and the clouds are. Well, mate, James Rowe is a spy right and uh, leading the club into directions that we'd forgotten existed, upwards mainly a fantastic start see where we are after 10 games is what managers say well Jimbo we can see where you are after 10 games and it's a good place so discussing all things Spire and me Phil Tooley Paul Fisher Daryl Carpenter and Stuart Bassin the original and the best podcast about the we will we say to... that say that but yeah. well, you can say it's the original
2: yeah. yeah. We'll not listen yeah. to any of the others
1: and it, and it puts, <laughs> any, puts any parish council efforts into uh, not seeing the, uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's a while since we played, apart from the Notts County game uh, at, at the weekend. And um, well, there's still always something going on, isn't there? Really, we've had been off for COVID. Only about five new signings since we were here last, so hardly uh, hardly worth a mention, really. The likes of uh, Rowley and Maguire, long-serving players, have had contracts extensions. Will Evans didn't go to. Swindon, and um, well, there's all sorts of things to to look at. But we'll we'll look at the games from uh, January relatively quickly just to uh, see what's what. And uh, we'll look back to Boston and the FA Trophy. And the best thing about that game was that I had the opportunity to go to their new stadium. And the floodlights are terrific. And one thing I found out there, it was designed by Ward McHugh Partnership, who, of course, did the tech Stadium um as well so you could see a lot of similarities but uh, another penalty when stewart we're getting quite good at them penalties this season aren't we
2: we are that's three uh, that's three out of 3 this season isn't it i think oh, um, two down yeah well yeah but uh, well the other the other one counted while we were scoring them didn't it it was only afterwards <laughs> um so yeah the pressure was on and we've come through three times which is tremendously good all um, very well taken all you know none of this kind of run it up Turn round and back heel it, or any of this kind of messing about. Yeah, and
1: it wasn't Just, that. Bra- it wasn't the brackley rubbish, was
2: it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Hit it as if you mean it. Which
1: and of course uh, the the goal in open play from the Spire scored by Hayden Ollis, who's on a right run at the moment, and um, is is now cutely named as VVH amongst the, <laughs> the
3: supporters.
1: Yeah. Had, uh, rarely will a player have uh, had, had his views from support has changed so much so quickly, Stuart, I would think as mm. well.
2: Oh, I'm sure. I I can't think of people off the top of my head who have enjoyed such such a turnaround in um you know in such a short space of time. Um and I suppose people probably take a more broader view, um, because that sort of turnaround has been enjoyed by everybody who's played regularly under James Rowe, hasn't it? So um, you know, a broader view is that they all had the ability to begin with, um, but they just weren't necessarily employed in the best fashion. Um, but you know, Hayden Hollis going forward, he got a—he almost got an assist for Saturday's one, didn't he? Although he didn't actually touch it. But, uh, yeah,
1: I, I'd put that down as an assist. I think—I think in my piece on the. Website. I put his movement bamboozled both defender and uh, mm. and goalkeeper, and it certainly took them off their uh, off their concentration levels, didn't yes. it? Well, one yeah. of the one the consequences it didn't come out immediately. Daryl uh, of of getting through against Boston was a away tie at Aldershot, and the Aldershot broadcast started at two o'clock bright and early. Got somebody talking to Will Evans, and all of a sudden, a little thing came across the screen that said. Match cancelled. I don't think it said match cancelled. I actually do think it said match cancelled. They must have known what was going to happen. It was oh, yeah, all about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Charlie Covid strikes again. And, um, you yeah, know, eventually Chesterfield having to scratch. Was that the right uh, outcome, Darren?
4: I, I think the way this season's gone, it was the, the only pragmatic thing to do. Um, we couldn't possibly have. Sent out a team of kids. A, we haven't got one uh, <laughs> officially, so I don't know how we'd have gone along registering people to play in, in the trophy and all that, all that kind of official stuff, which we're not very good at anyway, as we know. Um, so I'm sure we'd have got kicked out for not registering one of the eighteen. <laughs> <or something. laughs> yeah, that, that would have been the ultimate, wouldn't it?
1: Play play a team of kids who play out the skin, win, and yes. then one of them wasn't yes. registered properly. Yeah, <laughs> knowing
4: our luck, that would have happened. So. I think all in all, uh, it was the only thing we, we could do, um, it, a shame in a way, and I think Roe quite clearly fancied a trip to Wembley and who's to say the way we were playing that we wouldn't have got there, particularly looking at the draw for the next round, um, but we bigger fish to fry without being too obtuse, um, and I think it would probably have got in the way. We've an awful lot of football to catch up on anyway. Without being involved in three or four more potential games,
1: yeah, mm. and of course the the layoff, the, the latest COVID layoff postponed three games. There was a Kings game game of the weather and everything along those lines. So I've I've not tallied up how many spare Tuesdays there are between now and the end of April, but it's rapidly running down. I mean, you're talking about two or three. That's all, isn't it? So mm. yeah, as the trophy yeah. games are always Saturday, you're going to be put, from now on. you would always postpone one. So very very tricky. Do you do you think it was right, Paul, to uh, to? to ha- None of us are really sure if we pull the plug or if it would pull the plug on us, but nevertheless, no cup competition, uh, uh, no continuation. it Right right decision for you, Paul?
0: I think in the long run, I think it, it's the right uh, decision. I, I, I'm a bit disappointed that um, in actual fact we've, we've had to uh, you know, withdraw ourselves from it under probably increasing pressure from the FA, but, you know... Um, I think that um, it, it's the right decision overall, um, but I would have liked to have got uh, you know another trophy in the, in the cabinet. You know, it's um, you know it'd be, it'd be quite unique if we accidentally get promoted this year as well. You know, so uh, but it, it's just yeah, it's it's disappointing. It would have been another trip to Wembley, and yeah, I suppose overall though, if you look at the bigger picture, we're never going to get the games in anyway. You know, so I think it's probably the right decision overall.
1: And of course that, that game at Boston introduced us to uh, Dylan Wharton and yeah. we started. We, we heard about Grant Smith and, uh, on, on the night and then in the blink of an eye Adam Prisbeck and so from having no goalkeepers we got about 832 in the, <laughs> the blink of an eye and uh, you know well young Dylan had a, a, a tough first few minutes but Came came back well and, and, and made, well, certainly one penalty save, and he claims he got a fingertip on the one that hit the post as well. And I was pretty close to that at the time, and it did look as though he did get a fingertip to it as well. Uh, um, but you know, it, uh, at that time, uh, Stuart, the, the signings were just coming thick and fast and thick and fast and thick and fast, and it was difficult to keep up with them all, wasn't it? It was, Stewart wasn't it? It was in there as well around about that time.
2: It was, yeah. and it, it was a bit alarming uh, to see everybody kind of coming in like that and nobody going out but unfortunately the circumstances um, were against us in that respect weren't they because if you want to move players out on loan to clubs further down the pyramid they've got to be playing football for you to do that Um, but yes there were a lot come in but it's it's all part of of the James Rowe revolution isn't it you know Uh, Um, nobody stands still nobody's allowed to let the grass grow under their feet or get complacent you know
1: well, um, looking at the patch of the pitch at Aldershot, there was an area where there wouldn't have been grass, any grass growing under anybody's pitch at all. Looked like baseball ground of the old days, didn't it? But uh, and and of course, all of this this COVID thing has has brought in the furloughing of players that you were just uh, referring to uh, in a in a in a manner there, Stuart. You know people <laughs> have thought about that. With hindsight, we now look back and there's dozens. Of clubs in the AFL and plenty of others that the 1st players, but just didn't say anything about it. Yes, um, Chesterfield, with their view of transparency, Paul said something about it and got hauled over the coals. Yes, right, or-
0: well, I'm, su- well I'm, I'm surprised that they uh, they sort of admitted to it in, in many many respects. That that's what other clubs were, were doing, and, and kudos to the the board for doing that. Um, it's not something that I know a lot about is furloughing uh, your employees from a business, but it never, it never really sort of sat nicely when you're signing players at the same time. That was that. That's the the counter argument to it. Um, Mm. But if it's in for the long-term interests of the, the football club and it's legal to do so, then there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't have done it, you know? So although it doesn't actually look pretty on paper and was, you know blown up to proportions via the the press and whatnot um but if it's legal to do so then it's legal to do so isn't it so yeah, just yeah. get on with it and do it
1: mm. and, and of course daryl it probably didn't sit well that one of the uh, members of the board in a question and answer in a, in a podcast official club podcast that said it's something they're not looking to do so a week or two later it, it's been done and and if i were a conspiracy theorist of course i'm not um, it was around about the same time as the jumping the queue vaccine story and it may have been that perhaps it had been picked up by somebody so getting your excuse in before it's made public might have been something yeah, that suppose. possibly the club could possibly have well, done true,
0: yeah. Mm, yeah,
4: yeah, it, it, it's a really difficult one um, they took flat for it, you can see coming um, the individual concerned. I don't think uh, with any malice or, or, or any deceit involved Said what he said at the time, uh, but circumstances overtook. Because as soon as national North and South teams stopped playing, or uh, looked at the financial situation with regards to the the grants not materialising, and then it possibly being loans, and then nobody knowing where the hell they were, nobody was going to take on any players, and we. I do know from speaking to people at the club that we got uh, certainly all the ones that were currently furloughed were all basically done deals to go out mm. it was only when you know the the other fallout from Covid came along and, and clubs said hmm, a we don't want to take on anybody new at this point in time can we just hang on the club have suddenly then having secured services of players to replace the ones that were going out are in a difficult situation, and and if so many other teams have won it, whether you agree with it morally or not, you know it's something as a business we had to do. I think.
1: Yeah, get a level playing field and everything, and and of course one in in old days. Um, football had this bizarre agreement with the uh, the authorities that they could pay somebody up and pay them up to thirty thousand pounds tax-free as a pseudo redundancy even though you do that to your left back and bring another left back in yeah. uh, they, they did have the agreement but that ended a while ago now so yeah. if, if you if you want to pay anybody up quite rightly they're entitled to say well I'll have all the rest of my wages because I'm going to get them anyway, and you can't have that tax free element. It doesn't exist anymore, which used to sweeten it up. And if there were forty percent taxpayers, everybody could be on the right side, and it costs everybody less, and the player earns more. So, uh, but now you can't do that. That was taken away a couple of years ago, or something along those lines, which I'm sure would have been used in one or two of the cases that we're uh, that, that that we're talking about for. Uh, for for sure. But the the, the the whole thing about the jump in the queue for vaccines as well, Stuart. Uh, um, yeah, once that was properly uh, pointed out by the uh, uh, Stubley Wood Medical Centre, exactly what had happened. Mm. Um, Chesterfield fans showed their um, generosity by raising a lot of money in a blink of an eye as well, Stuart, and that was... Uh,
2: they they uh, raised a lot of money, yes, and, you know, all, all credit to, to them and to the people who organised it. I think they also probably collectively raised two fingers to uh, certain mm-hmm. elements of the tabloid press while they were doing it, um, you know, whose who's ignorant sensationalism um, really had no place in, in, in the facts of the matter. You know, the club did not go out and seek to get these vaccinations on the sly or, you know, when nobody was looking, just sneak in through the back door and have this vaccination. There was none of that, you know, it was all properly done and it was brought to the club rather than the club going, seeking it, is my understanding.
1: And the irony is, of course, all this this talk in the the papers and on the radio and it was even on, you know, the local news on the telly, wasn't it? Um, Although the club... And its support were being galvanised and brought ever closer together. It, it, it made it even more rapid, didn't it? When the when the truth came out, all of a sudden mm. you've seen that snowball roll at a rate of knots down mm. the, uh, the 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 hill and gathering at a at a pace. And you know, if, if we were able to open the the turnstiles for the for the match on Tuesday night, I think we'd be delaying kick off by half an hour because of the queues again.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, it, and, and of course, winning football matches in style helps that no end. But, of course, one of the other things around about the same time as a little bit before the uh, uh, this came to light was James Rowe running down the touchline and joining in the celebrations <laughs> in the last minutes against Wrexham. And, again, another <laughs> element, Paul, that just makes you think, hey, this club's coming back our way.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, the, the the manager is, is all encompassing that the fans are on their side and look for a last minute winner they, they, he just couldn't help himself could he you know so just sprinting <laughs> down the, the line there as well just uh, for uh, a quasi asante's second goal and what a fine finish it was mm. too you know so yeah he just it just meant the the world to him i think didn't it and you know it's certainly you know watching on that game as well it's it, uh there's nothing better, I don't think, than a last-minute winner, I think, to uh, to get yourself going as well, you know, even though we did deserve it overall. So, you know, uh, but the manager sprinting down the line was just the cherry on top of the icing of the cake, I think.
1: And, and of course, there was a very, very, very soft penalty decision that put Wrexham back into the game for about 10 seconds. And it was a shocker, Darrell, wasn't it? Absolute shocker.
4: Well, yeah, I, I, I watched it again earlier on the highlights just to remind myself how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I still don't know why it was a penalty. I'm sorry.
1: And, um, and then, then a few minutes later when their guy caught it in the area almost. And it was Yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: I mean, they, we've all said I'm with a standard of refereeing, he's, he's bad enough in Leagues 1 and 2. But at this level, it, it really varies enormously from pretty awful to downright dire. And... Um, he was the only Yeah, we dream man. of a pretty awful referee, as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the only man in, in North Derbyshire that saw that penalty, the referee. Well,
1: the Wrexham players, I, I've had a look back, the Wrexham players only appealed for it after
4: he'd blown the whistle. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think they were, well, they were baffled as to what he'd blown it for, as was everyone mm. on the ground, I think. It was just beyond belief. Anyway, we we came through it as as we deserve, fully deserve to do, because... Up until then, we were playing terrific stuff, and I could only see us going on to get several, to be honest. Mm.
0: Uh, and and, it, and what a ball from Mandeville as well for the, uh, the, uh, oh, the winning yes. goal. Yeah. Oh,
1: pass oh. of the season so far, wasn't it? Terrific. Mm. Terrific yeah. pass. Uh, and, you know, the, the, there's just this thing building up with Wrexham, and a bit of rivalry. That's a third home match on the bounce we scored at the last gasp to uh, something, 1-1 <laughs> one, one draw. Two, you know, three seasons ago or two seasons ago, whenever it was, Curtis Weston's shot last gasp last year in a 3-2 and then, uh, and then that one in a 2-1 so they must be getting absolutely fed up of coming to, uh, to, it, to- it,
4: it, it couldn't happen to anyone nice, could it? really. <laughs> I mean, with all the financial advantages they've got now, you, you need a bit of
1: luck against them. Yeah, yeah, well, the Hollywood boys are in now, aren't they? So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. They lost on Saturday so, uh, not a, Auspicious start. That's really.
0: going to go two ways. That I feel,
1: yeah, isn't it? So, <laughs> well, not going to be middle know, ground. I, I can I, tell I, I, you. I've, I've no doubt. I've no doubt that the guys have got genuine intentions of, of doing the right sort of thing. But uh, you know, they're a long way away. It's a difficult mm-hmm. situation uh, um, to, to to manage if you don't really understand football, and and they neither of them understand football. And um, mm-hmm. and the reason I, I know that is um, when when we played, I asked Pete Whiteley afterwards if any if they'd had any representatives there because technically it hadn't gone through the Financial Conduct Authority at that point, but it was on the verge of contracts of being exchanged, but they weren't able to be signed. So I asked Pete if if they'd had any representatives of the American guys, and he said yes, and there was a a UK fella who's a, a writer and a comedian, Humphrey Nell, I think his name is, it, it, it's something similar to that, uh, Um. Who his wife was working on uh, as a script editor on the Philadelphia thing that Rob McElhenney writes, oh, like, yeah. whatever it is, and uh, they were, you know, they were talking about the passion uh, of football, which which the McElhenney didn't really get, so they told him to watch the Sunderland documentary, the Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. so he watched that and got it on the back of that and so they then started looking around for a club that matched their requirements it wasn't Wrexham let's go and get Wrexham because my granny's Welsh or anything like that it was a well what clubs are available that fit the the pattern and the, and the finance and the fan base that they were looking for so it was it was by uh, them watching the Sunderland documentary that that got them to understand what football meant to supporters in the UK
2: Mm. So and if they've got a comedian and a writer involved in it it'd at least be worth buying a program when we go there next time <laughs>
1: it? well uh well, yeah, well the, their their secretary uh, uh geraint uh, used to be the program editor at rex at the same Lovely time bloke, in he? the mid 80s and do you know what they were always a cracker cracker jack of a program in mean, back in the day and his, and he's uh, a really
0: nice bloke his, phil isn't he isn't he
1: just he really yeah. really. and he was there but unfortunately he was in the Officials' areas, which is the red area, so I wasn't able to to to, to go and uh, go and see him because we are in the amber area in the in the press zone. But uh, yeah, one of the, game, the guys, uh, games, good guys, and then of course Wrexham was followed by a couple of uh, away points. Boreham Wood, um, good regulation, nil nil draw, mm-hmm. slightly topside of, of Boreham for uh, most of the game. Nil nil, had a settle settled for that. Before the game, when I saw the pitch was awkward, I'd settle for it on kickoff time, and settle for it at the end. It was, you, you know, the, a proper sort of match. And then the Dagenham one, totally different, absolutely started off like a house on fire, wheeling off. I'll ask for your views on that. And even with ten men, we looked the more likely side to uh, to win that. And 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 that for me was the time. Uh, um, Darrell, that I was sort of thinking, yeah, we have got something quite mm. special here because you would have never, at any stage in that match, without physically counting, known that we were a man down. No,
4: mm. yeah. we were terrific to a man, including the subs. Um, he clearly got, as he tends to do, and I know we've, we've talked about this before, but and he did it again yesterday when it, when we up against an opposition, he sets them problems. That they're not used to. Mm. He stops them playing and keeps us playing. And he kind of hinted that he knew exactly what he was going to do for Dagenham in the pre match on the Friday. And in the first 10 minutes, it was just, you thought, well, we're going to get a hat for and really hatful. Mm. An absolute hatful. Then, of course, there was the horrific again sending off a wheel in which <laughs> you will never convince me the lad even knew the guy was behind it, the ball's dropping over, over his shoulder, he never takes his eye off the ball at any point, and he's stretching to control it, and suddenly he collides with the guy. Mm. Uh, yeah, you could call it dangerous, I don't think you could call it reckless, I think you could call it dangerous, but for no other reason than the guy just happened to be in the well. And At the very worst, it should have been yellow, and how... How the referee can look back at that in the cold light of day and not overturn it is beyond my comprehension. It really is. But to a man, they were terrific. I mean, you've got to mention uh, Zinedine Hollis. I mean, the the control
3: and,
4: <laughs> the, and the shot for the for the second goal was just incredible. What and what he's done to that guy, I've no idea. But anyway, well, um, we, we, we had
1: we had the uncertainty of who'd scored the goal at Sutton when it was Hollis or Denton or yeah. whoever. Which was, well, that was equally uncertain. It was clearly Hollis, yeah, but it couldn't possibly have been, could it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. no, but it's, but it's just it's just what, what the manager's done, though, isn't it? You know, he's found these qualities in players that have obviously always been there, otherwise they wouldn't be able to do it. But But nobody kind of knew they were there because they were never asked to try it before, you know? Yeah. And and they seem to have been given a certain a certain freedom now, a certain sort of artistic license almost to go out and and and, and play football. You know, and, and, it's and so that good to three watch.
1: five with that three five two formation, Paul, that was much mm. derided earlier on in the season. It actually, you know, we we hear managers all of the time saying it's nothing to do with formation. It's all about what the players say. And hey, isn't it proven it at the moment that? Yeah, the derided 3 5 from earlier in the season
0: is now bringing the
1: quality of football that we all want to see.
0: And it, it's just involved a simple switch, hasn't it? Hollis was out of the equation. Will Evans was moved to the right-hand side of the defence because he seemed to struggle in the centre uh, between Maguire and uh, whoever was on the far side of Yarny at one stage, or Sharman. And then getting a... a a full-back in who's uh, defensively-minded, like George Carline, who can also play midfield, can also play up front as well. He's the ideal player, isn't he, George Carline? And we'll touch on him in a second because he's been superb. Um, so a simple tweak like that just means that, you know, it can bring out everything uh, that, that, that's helped, you know, getting players in to do their defending, knocking diagonal balls from a different area of the field rather than sort of where they were before, where Will Evans was knocking it into the stand. So it made him look a bit foolish. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, people are looking at that. And now he's got cover as well because he's got Hollis behind him. You know, so it's just simply bringing Hollis <laughs> back into the side and playing players into their right, rightful position. I'm sure John Pemberton, even though... He, he, I know we're touching on old ground here, but he, he just seemed to be pig-headed by just exactly having them there and not seeing the problem Mm. and and, and, and one simple thing
1: whilst John Pemberton couldn't pick a quasi asante and et al he could pick Maguire Evans and Hollis yeah 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 Yeah. and it's been that area that's tightened up and I am a great believer in what James Rowe says that the further up the park you are the less times you the goalkeeper has to work you know yep. you don't have to be Einstein to work that one out but he's made it work and of course Evans who didn't score at all last season hadn't scored this season got a goal at Dagenham as as well so uh, and has been close on a number of occasions since but you know I I, I said uh, in, in my first report after half time on, on BBC Radio Sheffield that Sam Deering's come on and I said he's always a problem from Sheffield against Chesterfield and of course he unleashed that Worldy, and he did about two others. That one was a great save, and one was uh, not very far over. He, he was the man who scored two, Stuart, in the uh, 2 2 comeback for, for Barnet. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I remember you sort of saying, when Martin Allen was manager of Barnet, you know, t- typical Barnet, you know, if you're 2 0 behind, just start a fight. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sam he scored that goal from near the corner flag that Tommy Lee misread mm. uh, when in his inside post to, to, to nick a point when we were all, all over him before the fight and uh, uh, so he, he I, it was almost you knew that he'd do something but even in the end with 10 men for nearly all of the game it could have easily been a win but we all settled and we all we all could see that nobody left anything on the park daryl it mm. was it, it was a lung busting display from 10 men wasn't it and plus subs
4: I mean, Denanga ran his socks off when he went right up top on his own uh, and Asante dropped in slightly deep. Asante was literally walking in, in, in treacle, wasn't he, for the last 10 minutes. But, I mean, the, the effort from 1 to 11, and that's an old cliche, we don't do that anymore. You know what I mean, 1 to 10 in our case. Just a yeah. fantastic. Um, again, and it, it, at no time did you feel... Even in the second half, when, when they were improved when Deering came on and they obviously tweaked their formation to get a bit more width than the fullback higher pitch, did I ever really feel without that Worldie they were gonna score? Mm-hmm. And it was like
1: no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. it was again absolutely.
4: it was again yesterday, wasn't it? There was he was trying to remember James Rowe after the game to give some praise to uh, the new keeper Smith and and, uh, but you look back and you think, well, again, they've not had, Notts County at home did not have an edge on goal, on the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, the, never, they they
1: never looked like they were going to score. The only, the only good goalkeeping from a spectacular scenario that, that Smith had to do was, the uh, I think, Bodewine had cut him from the left-hand side, got to the edge of the six and put a real test across in, which he dived forwards and left to yeah. smother yeah. And, and hold. And that was it. Mm. Uh, but of course, what he did I, the rest of the time was catch crosses, catch yep. corners, run out of the area to perfect timing to intercept problems when he needed to. Yes, so yes,
2: that's it. That that's yeah. exactly it. And he looked so comfortable to me. I I came away from the game thinking that the goalkeeper had had nothing to do, and he did it really well. You know. Well, only a youngster can do that, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 27 year old youngster yeah yeah but, yeah but no no and and you know the the guys at Boston because we you know he, he was at physically at Boston and Craig Singleton, their, their secretary I've known for a long time uh, obviously because of their links with Lincoln City he knew him from Lincoln and he said no no he's a good keeper you know he was very pleased you yeah, very pleased for us that we'd got him but Prisbeck yeah. got, got the nod for whatever for the first reason and, and hasn't really done anything wrong but um, Grant Smith not doing anything wrong for me looked a little bit stronger than Adam Prisbeck not doing anything wrong.
4: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Prisbeck did look a bit nervy at times. Smith looked like a, an established pro who, who was coming in and just calming everything around him. But I just think there's an air of calm around the team generally these days. I don't know if you guys agree. Um, mm. These. For me, it comes from Roe and and Foster and the backroom team. Um, We don't get too too high, we're certainly not getting too low, there's no panic. Like when we had the sending off uh, at Dagenham, going back to that. I mean, there was no suggestion that the team went into panic mode. It was right, this is what we're going to do. We'll keep the ball. We'll keep playing our way. You drop one in, Asanti. We're not going to leave nobody up front, and we're not going to let them just have the ball. Mm. We kept pressing, and there was just no panic in in everything we do, and the patience right at the end of the Wrexham game again. That just Mm. demonstrated to me that that there's a belief there that we haven't seen in the Chesterfield team for passage Cupwin.
1: No, no, I, I, absolutely right, and it is that that belief and the patience as well. No question about that, is that patience, and and you, you just felt against Wrexham that we're going to score I, again with with ten minutes to go. I think I said on my report there will be another goal in this game, and it looks like it's going to be to Chesterfield. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you just you just feel like the only surprise that we've had was Solihull's last gasp goal, wasn't it? Really, since it's, yeah. since it's come you know, and mm. if you if you look at. Three of the games in his in his run, we pobbled all the shot, could have easily got two more points. With 11 men, we'd have won at Dagenham and got two more points. And, and yeah, we were unlucky to concede one at Solihull. We should have got one more. So we, we we could have had 26 points from 10 games instead of
4: 21, as easy as pie. I mean, the Solihull away game, going back to that briefly, I just I just felt we hit the physical brick wall for having been off for such a long time and having to play two games in a matter of days against a really hard-working, hard-running, physical, you know, uh, team. Mm. Uh, and and what, what, what cost us the, the point was going for three because we kept attacking. And, yes. and um, you know, had we been a bit more pragmatic and sat back, I think we'd have easily taken the point mm-hmm. because really they, they stole that from us. As much as we gave it away, they stole it from us because it was a game that... Right up to them equalising, with, what twenty-five minutes to go? Phil, half an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd never been in the match.
1: No, no, they they they, they hadn't been in the match. That's uh, for sure. But but Paul, never nevertheless, twenty-one points from ten games. Yo, know, that's that's ninety-five points over a normal season type of operation, isn't it? You know, it's from the position we were in that is remarkable. It'd be remarkable from the beginning of a season with a new team. But take it over a team that in the previous 10 games, nine of them this season and one of them, the, the Dover match at the end of last season, uh, 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 got seven points from 10, 10 games to get 21 points from 10 games. And I I, I looked at the the, the numbers. And uh, uh, in, in each of those 10-game spells, we scored 16 goals in both of them. So, yeah, we always said goal scoring wasn't the problem. It was conceding. Yeah, but yeah. we conceded... I think it was 21 goals or something like that. In the, oh, no, 18 goals in the previous 10, and now it's six. So we're taking two thirds out of the concessions out and moved from getting seven points in 10 to get three times that, 21 points in 10. And, you know, he clearly saw conceding two goals a game is not where you need to be at.
0: And We can refer back to what we said before. It's the same defence. Um, it's defensive and attacking uh, fullbacks, And playing further up the park mm. It's just little tweaks like that You know, as you mentioned He's playing further up the park He's playing in the opposition half Rather than our own mm. The reason why we conceded lots of goals uh, Late on Is because we just sat back And sat back and sat back And it's going to kill you You know, every time it's going to kill you If you do, just just mm. you got in front Doesn't mean to say You can sit back on that lead And, and they should have pushed on
1: I, I was reminded, Stuart, in the last 10 minutes against Notts County, mm. I thought Notts County looked like us before James Rowe. You're a game down, you're desperate to get the ball into the area, but you couldn't get out the area because the other team are just on you. And it yeah. was almost like a, a flip from, from where we'd been
3: mm. to
1: where we are now. The, the Notts County, who'd had a lot of play in the second half in the last 10 minutes, got nowhere you know mm. they just couldn't get out of their own half Stuart. and and how much of a transformation is
2: that well it's, it, it's remarkable isn't it a uh, transformation from what they did to us at our place in you know in the last in the last of 6 minutes i think it was um you know um i think everybody would have switched off but mm. um you carry on watching all through injury time and every time they tried to play through our pressing forwards there was somebody in our midfield that was picking it up and setting our forwards going, wasn't it? And we had three good chances, did we, in the last five of normal time? I think yeah. plus injury time. Yeah, Santé yeah.
1: Maguire, and then Yusuf uh, mm. last kick of the last kick it's of the just, end. The, 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 the good thing about that miss is you knew it'd blow the whistle instantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, it, you um, knew it was just all uh, oh, right. Okay, oh, it, it, it's it's not. And the thing is, with our goal difference, because even when we were losing, we we're only losing by an odd goal. Mm. And our goal difference is is better than about the the, the eight or nine teams immediately above us. Oh so, yeah, yeah, the
2: right result on Tuesday, a, the right combination of results. You know.
1: Yeah, we've got a point in the bag on goal difference.
0: Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, I think it, uh, we've got to be careful on Tuesday though, haven't we? Because Daryl alluded to it before about the 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 the, the COVID time they had off for mm. ten or fourteen days. Um, Playing a game again within sort of three days of it, you know, one training session. Um, We hope that it's not against a a a side as sort of robust as Solihull, and that's what may have hurt us in the in the end in that game. Aldringham, we've seen before it weren't a great side after we played him, but all of a sudden they've gone on a right run, haven't they? So, yeah, they've um, they've they've
1: been so good last week or two. And the good news from a Chesterfield perspective that might just just even out that that um, fatigue that Ro has talked about is they had Connor uh, Hampson, who's one of their key midfielders, sent off Hmm. before half an hour. So they played an hour with 10 men and Ryan Colclough, Ryan Colclough, who's a a, a key Raider of theirs. Of course he he might play on Tuesday, but he was in, he was replaced after five minutes. So you assume Mm. that's the sort of injury that you're not going to run off by Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, And Colclough, um, Played against us for for crew, scored against us for MK Dons in that game uh, that Dan Gardner scored late on to win three two at Stadium MK. Um, uh, you know, at the time we used to be MK Dons for fun, <laughs> whether <laughs> yeah. it counted or not. Uh,
4: and so Dan Gardner <laughs> it's, scored eighty it's minutes. Coselow fit because he scares me to death. I wish we would got him. <laughs>
1: uh, and yeah, so so Altrincham not not in great shape. In the immediate past, they've been in great shape since they played us Mm. because they were in the bottom three or four, weren't they? We
2: gave them their first win of the season, didn't we?
1: Not sure if it was the first win of the season, but it was certainly a rare one.
2: Uh,
1: And then they were up in the top three, but I think we've got about four or five games in hand on them or something like that, I'm not sure. (laughs) Well,
4: that's (laughs) one of the reasons they look artificially high. Because when almost everyone else has had COVID or weather postponements or a combination in our case, uh, they've just played every single group of games, um, and so have, have they played twenty three or something still?
1: No. Oh yeah, I think that I think they've I mean, I shaken off their five. I think they've shaken off their five yellow cards because uh, yeah. it's twenty three games. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I noticed Matty Casillo got booked again on uh, Saturday. I thought, oh, he, he's he picks up some bookings, and he's he's with Evans on seven, equal on seven. But I think it was their twenty third game, so
0: twenty fourth. 24th so. have played, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. so he'd uh, it, it got over any any immediate issues, so it'd be 10 bookings his next, uh, his next month. We, we, we mentioned about Grant Smith and Adam Prisbeck, uh, but we've not really talked about uh, uh, Marnie Smith. Jack Clark, who we'd all forgotten, existed. He came before the period that we're talking about, but he hadn't done anything, hadn't come on. Gavin Gunning, of course, who, uh, who, who scored the goal, on Saturday and Adi Youssef who didn't score the goal on, on, on Saturday you, you, you know, that's 13 new players under row, 14 debuts because of course Dylan Morton debuted under it. Um, ha- in comparison with where we were three months ago because um, I think it's three months today that um, uh, the first match was played under row uh, in comparison Stuart how much further forward in strength and depth of squad have we moved in that short period of time?
2: Well, it, I mean, it it's very difficult to put into words it, because it's so obvious, really, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, we are a completely different football team. with One to 11, even though, well, one to 43 or whatever it is, even though, you know, some of those players are players that were here before. They are different players. They are like new signings because of what the managing team has been able to get out of them. Um, and it, and it is the it is it Maguire is like
1: Ro- the fact that McGuire and Rowley have signed extended deals just shows what he's mm, doing to football, well it is. regardless you ask, of where you they come
2: from. Yeah, you ask what the difference is, and it's like going to watch another team it's like getting to the end of the season saying well i'm fed up watching this rubbish i'm going to go and watch somebody else And it is like going and watching another team you know and it's still chesterfield but you know it uh, it, it is absolutely astounding that that one person or two people i suppose george foster can come in and make that much of a difference how how is it possible what are they doing that you know that isn't so obvious that everybody else should have done it. It, it, it it it's bizarre isn't it that there could be that kind of improvement but mm-hmm. you know long may it carry on obviously
1: and I, I think one of the things is you know when there was that immediate appeal out for for 10 grand to get some equipment i think the sports science element of it daryl is is big time it, it's it's almost like your your brentford what Brentford were doing a few years ago when their new owner uh, uh, came in and, and, and hired Ray Warburton on the statistical side. And it's not all about that, but clearly James Rowe gets that because he talks about, you know, 37 ventures into the penalty area and they had 18 or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and and it is based on that. And the the, the wearing the uh, uh, GPS stuff is being analysed and used properly not not only just on a saturday but mainly on a monday to
4: friday Uh, no doubt about it i mean he he, he's talked up several occasions hasn't he since he came about the importance of the analysts um as as well as the sports science um knowing when to train him how hard to train him who's doing the sprints who needs the rest i mean it's been amplified times over obviously with having it's hard to get your head around but 30 days with no football or training in the last 55 mm. uh, and we still kept this run going the continuity and uh, you would never know would you that we'd had 10 days off um and three days training playing on saturday i mean no at all maybe the first five minutes if you could say that but it's astonishing the state he's got them into mm. um, yeah. I, I, really I got.
2: I'm, I'm going to point, uh, credit the way of, 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 of the directors and the trust as well, because you mm. wonder whether in the past people have come into a managing job here and thought, well, there's only so much I can do given the circumstances, and they already start off with with an air of, oh, I'm not going to achieve a tremendous amount here. We might be able to keep them up, that sort of thing. And that's always been a target, hasn't it, up to now. Yeah, you know, mm, without a doubt, then, so, yeah. You yeah. Know, but then um, the, 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 the change of culture... That James Rowe has been able to bring into the playing staff, I think starts further up. You know, yes. I think it starts with the people who are actually have control of the club now, and I think a good slice of of the credit for the for the, you know, the the way that James Rowe has been given an environment in which he can manage like this should go to them.
1: And, uh, and also, Stuart, it's not just. Yeah, I'll use the phrase behind closed doors even though they're closed anyway but he also gets the open door policy with regard to the community as well mm-hmm. so yeah we'd have all settled for somebody who was rubbish in the community who won <laughs> football matches
3: mm-hmm. but to have
1: somebody who wins football matches ands terrific in the community just shows and I think you know the, the donation of the, the money that somebody put on uh, crowdfunding for his fine which probably didn't exist. Against Rexham that's been given to Brandt <laughs> yeah. uh, family. Just, mm. just shows that you know the level that he's on, doesn't it?
2: Yes, yes, it's um, it is a, an entirely different level of of uh, of ability, really, of, of of just getting it. You know, just getting out to It He
1: get... revealed Paul because I, I I asked the question at the, um, the the question and answer session last week. I asked the question of George Foster. You know, I'm one of these sad people that there's always a logic between who who's appointed as an assistant manager, and generally you can see they've been together somewhere or And and, and, you know, I couldn't see any path crossing of George Foster and James Rowe. So I asked George Foster the question, and they both had a spell working at the Premier League, and uh, um, George Foster was working for for James Rowe at the. uh, the, the, the Premier League when they were sort of technical coaches and everything along those lines so you know at least there's some coming together but the two of them and particularly from a defensive point of view you've got to give George Foster some credit the way that he's dealt with sieve like defence into being a, 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 the form team of the division yesterday never looked like scoring
0: yeah well, indeed I mean Look, it's it's what you want—a gnarly old centre back as your assistant manager, um, who is the uh, antagonist of Chesterfield supporters through the eighties, and uh, where, being this player and manager of the the arch enemy. Um, as soon as you mentioned the word George Foster, you know, curmudgeon lights like so and everything, but he's not—he's nothing like that at all, is he? No, Um no, I did—I did, did
1: actually—I did actually congratulate him for playing 373 league games for Mansfield and <laughs> never scoring a single goal. I said that's a record to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. it's a
2: good set he, of he to, bring the to cup, Chesterfield. Isn't
1: but, it? He did score in the cup, but not in the league. <laughs> Just in case anybody checks. So, you know, the, the 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 players that they brought. Okay, you know, we yet to see the true effects of, of of Paul Lemon and his team because most of the players that have come in have been known to James Rowe. But you'd expect that. And of course, it's the the players that take over the ones that are there now that Paul Lemon yeah. will start mm. the four. But would you start thinking? I know uh, somebody asked us to ask these sort of questions. Would you start thinking about? extending contracts not only of players but of the manager now or would you wait and see what division we're in next season and what the, the rest of this season brings because most of the players not all of the players most of the players are contracted into next season uh, mm. uh so would you would you start acting now bearing in mind there's still no income coming into the club
0: uh i would be looking to speak to people about it yes i would tentatively put uh um inquiries into their various agents um not nothing you know written down in stone or anything but look we are prepared to talk to you about this we might have this deal for you we just don't know the scenario yet but if you hang fire this is what you know we might do rose on a long-term ish deal anyway so he doesn't he's not an urgent matter about it really you've got to be looking at Maybe uh, Asante Carline, yeah, maybe. Um, Hollis's deal, fin- finishes I mean, deal finishes in the summer, and he's not the only one whose deal finishes in the summer. That feel-good factor going into next season could be one of the things um, you look forward to. But there's a, as you mentioned before, it's all financial. There's an outlay right now. Do you want the contract to start straight away, or do you want it to start in the summer?
1: Mm. Uh, and Daryl, you know, you, you you talk with guys at the club on a. On a regular basis uh, The other question that uh, Needs to be uh, uh, considered I'm not saying to answer now But what needs to be considered is If things do go stunningly well For the rest of the season And we do potentially find ourselves in the league Next season You you're Getting out of the National League And doing well in League 2 Aren't necessarily the same things So you know, is this squad geared up To get out of this
4: division Is it
1: capable of doing well in
4: League 2 Um, It's a really good question, Phil. I I think there's a degree of realism and short-termism and I think the two go hand-in-hand and it's someone we haven't had. We've not given anyone, with the exception of Lawrence, I think longer than uh, 18 months. Yeah. Um, Which, as you say, means everyone again will, we, we can rotate the squad again in 12 months' time. I think were, were there were the 14 players out of contract? That's probably come down to about 10 or so now. We've done some extended contract with uh, Rowley and Maguire and one or two others. Um, but obviously, the other rights are Scott Bowden and Buchanan and um, Evans has obviously had a contract in the summer as is Hollis. Uh, Weston uh, will be an interesting one. I mean, is, is he in kind of earmarked for some kind of player-coach role or player- Sports science or what they call them conditioning coach, because um, he seems to be running all these Zoom sessions that we do when, when we're going around COVID.
0: Um, do you join
4: in, Daryl? Uh, yeah, I'm there every day, mate. Yeah, yeah. As an observer. <laughs> uh, Daryl, there's eight, there's
0: 18 players out of contract. Wow. In the yeah. summer.
4: Oh, oh, how oh. many of those?
0: Sorry, how many of those are new signings? One. Well,
1: there's about, about four of them are on loan, the new signings, aren't they? Prisbeck's on yeah. loan, yeah. Uh, Didanger's on loan, uh, Yusuf's technically on loan, even though I think that's... Quite yeah, I think, yeah. So there are, there are uh, quite... Uh, um, I think Grant Smith's only to the end of the season, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and these are
2: all yeah. non-league players who will have been used to only having sort of 42-week yeah. contracts in the past, that's so... Yeah. You know, the fact that some some of them are here until the end of next season, they might well be quite content just as things are, you know, and we can well, say well, there. you, once you
1: know. mention non-league contracts? Uh, uh, I know in the last podcast we were discussing about the, you know, do non-league contracts have some buyout clause in them, you know, hence why we were getting all these players from Gloucester City. Well, I did ask my uh, my pal Craig, who I referred to at, at Boston, I said, you know, are these contracts different? He said, no, no. He said, there's nothing like that as standard. They're just normal contracts. So, uh, um, you know, if the, uh, the, the 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 players just sort of say, look, I don't want to be here anymore, and most managers say, if you don't want to be here anymore, I don't want you here. Uh, mm. So it's no different to anywhere else, I, 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 in essence.
4: Except so, uh, they're a little bit more pragmatic at that level because, yes. you know, they, they can... We've no transfer windows, for one thing, so you can let players go mid-season and pick all up you're not tied down with players. So, there's a lot more fluidity in at, at this level than there is at, at EFL and above. Um, I mean, getting back to your point, Phil, do I think the current squad will be good enough? You know, let's worry about that if it happens. I certainly won't worry that, that Roe couldn't keep us up with this squad plus a few conditions. Not, none whatsoever. Because um, I think tactically, uh, he's he just so shrewd, uh, and I can only imagine how good we'd be after a full preseason. And that, yeah, a, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. and, um, I, no, I'd have no doubts in, in that at all. Um, but I think the days of us pulling in old people looking after the, you know, retirement by picking up one last large contract for three years and being put out to grass in uh, in Chesterfield, those days are gone.
3: Hmm.
4: And, and rightly so um, So I have no doubt at all I think he's, I think he's ruthless uh, I think he's realistic I don't think he's signed a lot of these players Thinking they aren't good enough for the football league Because I, I think from day one He believed he could get us up this year Yeah
1: And and, and you know We know players when they're interviewed When they change clubs All are, are geared up to say the right thing Of course we we all know that but the fact is, so many have, have, have come and genuinely come because of James Rowe. You can, you can absolutely see that, you know, if it wasn't right, Adi Yusuf would have signed. And that was a great story as well, being on the uh, on the bus on the way down to Eastleigh with Wrexham. Yeah. Yeah. Gets a call and they dump him on the side of the motor and he has a three hour taxi drive, gets up to the club. And there was nobody at the club, so he was standing outside in the freezing cold in his track tracksuit,
4: <laughs> waiting for someone to arrive to come and sort of all out, by all accounts. So, uh, <laughs> we were sat watching the game yesterday, Phil, and uh, there, were, there were two or three occasions where I, t- I, t- I turned and said, How on earth has Carline never made it to the Football League? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, then, and then we had exactly the same conversation about Asante 10 minutes later. Mm. And, and we've a lot of those players that you sign where you think when you bear in mind the drivel we've had to watch for the last five years. That's Asante's not...
1: played in Europe, mate. Asante's played in Europe.
4: Well, exactly. So yeah, why two, is many,
1: he not... two minutes to Birmingham City against a team I've never heard of? Yeah. So why
4: is he not in the Football League?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that, that was a I'm question that was asked at the Q and A, wasn't it? That yeah. uh, you know I'm, Sometimes I'm, they just think.
4: You know, there's so many... We've said it for years, haven't we? Why don't we look in non-league? There's got to be gems in non-league. Well, clearly there are. Yes, there, there are. And, and all our previous
1: managers who've, who've always looked to the football league for their source of players yeah. have generally sort of said, well, they're all part-time, they've got another job, they'll not come. Yeah.
3: Uh,
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> just shows that's off, true. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, three, I know we touched on this last time we were talking about the value for money that they're getting out of the new players as opposed to the old ones and um without breaking any confidences i think he's absolutely right to appreciate that although we've brought in a lot of players we're we're actually financially better off because we've done it yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah when the players go that are out of contract we will be in such a stronger position financially than we've been in donkey's years.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely right. Um,
4: pro- you know, pro-
1: and and Jett, Ro and knows the value of players, doesn't he? So he signs them on on, yeah. on what value at this level is. Yeah, and and yeah, anyway, and if they're given contracts that say if we do go up into the football league, you get an X percent increase. Well, fine, that's fine because you can you, you can manage it to that level. One player we've not talked about, Stuart, mm-hmm. who is a striker who's not scored for us yet. And the jury was out after a couple of games, but the Dagenham and Redbridge game and the Notts County game have completely and utterly changed people's views on him. Is Marcus Dinange? Disco. Disgust.
2: Mm. Oh, well, um, when he was at Matlock, um, you know, you saw him scoring all those goals for fun and you thought, right, he's at this particular level. He'll go back to, to Burton and then they'll look for another club further up to and farm him out to. And I, really wanted us to be that club you know but but obviously nothing ever came of it um but yeah he did He, it he, ro just winds him up and presses the on button doesn't he at the start of the game and the guy will charge about chasing down lost causes and pressing people on the edge of their own penalty area and all that sort of stuff until he can physically no longer do it and then we'll pop him off and bring someone else on yeah you, yeah. you know um yeah, <laughs> you know it's just so well well organized and well managed isn't he um you know when he knows his job and you know he's got the confidence to go about it it'd be great to see him stick one in the net wouldn't it um starting tuesday but but you know if he plays 25 games for us and doesn't actually score you can bet that he will contribute um everything that he's got in each of those games you know
1: and how good paul But his confidence will be that he started at Notts County, not the new signing.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that as well to Stuart. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's key for him, isn't it? Just to build him up a little bit. Hey, look, you're still in my plans here. You know, So I could have easily gone to Yusuf, who's ever been touting that expect Asante and, and Yusuf to be the, the partnership, but I think it's going to rotate the three, given the case of the games coming up. There's loads of games coming hmm. up, and they're not all going to play, or they're all going to start, that is. They're no. going to play part in the game, but they're all going to have virtue to it, and I think that the three of those... And Tyson coming back don't forget as well yeah. and he's mentioned yeah, him yeah. constantly that he's part of it and we don't know how long Denton's going to be out but it's going to be a fair while we think of that opinion so uh, you know uh, rumors has it it might be a a bit a bit, a bit, a bit more long term than than, than short term put it that way so uh, but there's loads of games left so you know park Denton for the for this couple of months at least I think but Tyson's not far away so that's that's four there. But
1: who'd have thought a few weeks ago that that would have been something that, oh, Denton's out for the season, real pity, but hey, you know, yeah. let's, let's move on, uh, let's move on with it. Uh, and, you know, Didanga has really stepped up to the plate the last couple of games and done absolutely, he'd been a, a terrific team player, hasn't he? When you, yes. when you compare yes. some of the, uh, the strikers that we've had in the last four or five years and think, well, are they in it from a team perspective? Well, you, you've got to question that. You don't question Didanga's. Value to the team, you know. Mm. It might take him a bit of time to get going, but he's uh, he's right up there, isn't he? And, and to give the manager the sort of problems that the manager wants, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, on Saturday, Mandeville comes on, plays that striker's role, which we we've, we've all said before. We don't think it's his ideal uh role, but he's willing to stick his foot in and foul in the final third and break the play up a little bit and. Yeah, I was I was wondering whether wh- when um, Lawrence Maguire and Gavin Gunning both had uh, treatment, you was wondering if that was a game management scenario. <laughs> um, yeah, it <laughs> might not have been. But, you know, yeah, Alaborum would, yeah. Um, I wondered if it was a game management uh, uh, scenario. And by the way, if any of you uh, noticed the physio who came on on Saturday at uh, Notts County, I didn't recognise who it was with a mask on, but. Our good friend Paul Keller tells me it was uh, Ben Partridge, who used to be a youth team player at Chesterfield, whose dad, John, was a left-back in the 1980s. And I used to travel to a few matches with, his, uh, with Ben's granddad Tom
0: Partridge, a grass um, Back lad,
1: <clears throat> back in the day. I'm joking to that now.
0: Was it a sort of 82, 83-ish? Stuart, yeah, he, it, he played it, yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. And a bit beyond, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I i to say Phil whilst
0: he's dying <laughs>
1: still, still goes to um, the home games when you can and also um, still goes to a lot of U team games, he obviously went when Ben was playing but he goes to them as well so great interest in, in, in what's going on at the uh, 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 the, the club <clears throat> we had the hmm. transfer rumour, Will Evans to Swindon he's a Swindon lad uh, um <laughs> I, I think when when Liam put it out about it, that uh, Will Evans was saying after Boreham Wood that his dad must have had 50,000 phone calls on the mm-hmm. back of that because they're swindling supporters, his family, and everything along those lines. Uh, um, and I did jokingly say, Why are well, you going joining your mate, Mate Chez? <laughs> and uh, James Close was there at the time and he put his arms around James Close and he says, I've got a new mate now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, from a from a pound notes point of view, Daryl, it would have been a good move. From a football yeah. point of view, he's uh, justifying his place in the team.
4: Yeah, I think mm. uh, I think uh, uh, when he saw James Rowe appear in the uh, in the press conference, he's, he's well changed uh, at, mm. at field. Um, you know, the dark two and a bit years he'd had here. Um, um, we're going to turn around. I mean, the guy knows how to motivate. He knows how to get people to, well, he gives them a bit of love if they need it. He knows when to put their arm, arm around them, as you say, and all that kind of stuff. But he knows tactically, tactically this guy's switched on. Um, we talked earlier about the sports science and the conditioning and all that kind of thing. You know, you don't go to the Cruyff Institute and uh, come away with qualifications and all the other things that he's done outside the normal football yeah coaching-type badgers. Um, mm. He is different gravy. It'll be a lot too modern in thinking for a lot of players because, you know, certain players won't buy into it. The old-school players won't buy into it. And I think that's probably part of the issue with one or two, that, you know, we're trying to move on now or have been furloughed or, or we won't give contracts to in the summer. They're just, mm. not, you know, of that ilk. Um I mean, another well, guy got clearly, clearly mm-hmm.
1: come in here. We all thought he was coming and, in And the, 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 the thing about that Cruyff Institute, you revealed on the support question and answer oh, session, yes. mm-hmm. that his uh, number one mentor from that is a hockey coach. Yes. And he was sort of saying how much he learned when he went to watch the Dutch national women's handball team and talked to their coach all about rapid play and switch. So, you know, you you look at some of our managers (laughs) in the (laughs) last few years. Would they they take something positive out of going to watch a women's handball match?
2: I I was just chuckling at the thought of being the chairman who went up to John Sheridan and said, here's two tickets
3: for the (laughs) women's (laughs)
0: international handball match. I think you could learn something.
3: You know? (laughs) It's a fabulous uh, yeah. video.
0: I don't know if you've seen on Twitter of John Sheridan in a. Uh, obviously, with no crowds in, you can vocalize John Sheridan pr- pretty. Pretty well, and pick him out in, in in a crowd. There stood by the crowd, and somebody's done a video of him for about, about three minutes, berating every player virtually on his side. <laughs> and he's supposed to be their manager. There's no encouragement yeah. there. Oh, he's he's effing and jeffing and everything. He's, pretty, he's fantastic well, I, I, If I can I, find I, I, it, I'll 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 retweet it and I'll I'll copy you all in. I, I it.
1: noticed Brilliant. there was a, I noticed there was a petition started, wasn't there to. Uh, Perhaps have a change in manager at Swindon recently that was doing the rounds and got several hundred signatures. But uh, there, there you go, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, just, just start sort of uh, winding down towards the uh, the end so Paul's tape isn't uh, running out and he has to get his pencil out to wind his back. Um, you know, Dover refusing to play. Kings Lynn have uh, said that at the end of the month they're going to put the shutters down. Um, a... Will the season finish relatively properly and with uh, a certain amount of uh, um, validity to it? And B, will the Football League be starting to think, well, you've not got your own house in order, National League. Why should we relegate two of our teams into you? Mm. Stuart, you
2: kick us off. Oh, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, We had a vote, didn't we? And the league as a whole below let's start with the two leagues below us, as a whole, they voted as a group to stop, so they've stopped, now our league has voted as a group to carry on, so for me the league must carry on, Um, you know, Dover must play, Kings Lynn must play, we can't be Saying to them, well, all right, then you just go up to sleep for a few weeks, and you know we'll all come back in August, and you can still be in the league. I, I don't see how we can was do that on
1: Saturday, wasn't it Kings Lynn. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's Funny how he you worked know, out the
2: way. Um, I I do fear that the EFL will, you know, it, 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 if we allow teams to do that. And who's to say that it would only be Dover and Kings Lynn? There might not be another eight teams at the bottom who aren't going to go up, um, who decide to call it quits and keep the money in the bank, you know? Um, and, and the EFL will say, well, nobody's going up then because we're not relegating anybody to, to, to you, you and know?
1: Darrell, the National League have not covered themselves in glory from a leadership point of view in the last no. few, few months in time have got to make it so, you know, the... the the league is seen to be operating seriously and carry out their threats. Mm. So if they have to expel clubs, they have to expel them. It's it's not enough just saying there's no relegation. I think they also...
2: Sorry. I think they also need to publicize the fact that the terms of these loans are so friendly yes. that, you know, you, you get 20 years or something to pay them back, don't you? You can get payment holidays during the course of them and interest holidays as well for anything up to eight years. I've heard, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, um, it's almost as though they want to lend you the money, but they yeah. don't want you to pay it back, yeah. you know? But and of course, if you can't afford them. the loan at the end of everything, you can still get a grant. But of course, yes, to get a grant, you've probably got to open your books up to the people who are giving the grants. And that is perhaps where the chairman don't like it.
1: And, yeah. and with the with, with the loans that are coming through Sport England and that sort of uh, um, area, there are, Darrell, as well, business loans that any limited company can apply for, bounce back loans up to 50,000, and then there's the... Uh, um, the, the one with a B in it, the second latest football letters with a B in it, which I can't quite remember, up to half a million pounds. There's, there's, uh, and they are, like you say, Stuart, ridiculously fair uh, uh, long-term, long-term mm-hmm. loans. So, so, do you think?
4: Do you expect the national league to act decisively?
2: <sighs> no,
4: <laughs> I, they've got to do, Phil, because you have to maintain. I know it's, it's a cliche. We have to maintain the integrity of the competition. Yeah, and. Um, you know, it's happened many times before where, where teams haven't been able, you know, Maidstone, going back to Accrington Stanley in the 60s, mm. in the football league, where teams haven't been able to continue. Well, that's fine. You you expunge their, their games from the record and you carry on. The rest mm. of you carry on. Yes. And particularly bearing in mind that, that all the ones down at the bottom now face no relegation Hmm. Um they really ought to be said, you know, it it ought to be made clear to them if you do not fulfill your fixtures yeah. which the league as a whole have decided we're going to do yeah. then yeah. you will you will receive a punishment which will be
0: relegation. Yeah. Well, that's funny enough, Daryl. There's a 21 teams in the national league south mm. they're gonna to have to marry it up to 22 yeah. so dover are talking themselves into a lot of problems here yeah. because they haven't actually officially said that there's no relegation no. they've no. just assumed mm. that it is so yeah. you know yeah it's yeah. there's 22 well, that, there's 22 in the national league north but one of the that would level that up tr- wouldn't it yeah, yeah exactly. you know, and there's 23
2: yeah. in our division if 22 would next, if it was 22 next year mm. well then it's two less but at least it's an even number yeah, yeah. you know
0: yeah. So they're talking so, their way into it. I've got sympathy mm. with them, but Dover, remember, were one of the clubs that didn't want to start the season yeah, as well. So it's unlikely that they want to finish it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I, I, I sympathise with them because they're running as a business, you're not making any money. But, you know, every club's like that. Every club is like that, Re- regardless of the support mm. that they've got and support you haven't got. It's They're all in the same boat, technically.
4: Yeah. Well, they will have been getting, Paul, far more money than they yeah. were actually entitled to, if there had been a, an equitable split of the yeah. mm-hmm. set of yeah. between uh, what was it, September and December, uh, they would have been sitting in a far better position than Chesterfield, for instance, and Knotts and you know Wrexham at out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they've had that advantage. Um, as you say, they didn't. They, they showed no enthusiasm to start the 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 season to begin with. They made no effort, as far as I can see, to get games played at, at any point, of the way of getting them cancelled. Um, I, I just think they could see the writing on the wall that that they weren't going to be able to cope at this at this level, and almost taking a calculated gamble. Well, I might be talking mm. out here that you know, let's see what happens after Christmas. If if the finance isn't there, we'll say that we're not going to play anymore, and. And keep our fingers crossed because what's the worst that's going to happen to them? They're going to get relegated, mm. and if the if the league continues, they're going to get relegated. So,
1: yeah, and, and you know the the national league perhaps should be showing this sort of leadership and saying if you don't fulfil your fixtures, it's not a case of relegation; it's an expulsion from the national league. Yeah, league, indeed. indeed. league, South yeah, as well. Absolutely, yes, uh, yeah. indeed,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. They're in. Uh, yeah, they've got to fulfil something. I think they've got to they've got to come up with some sort of negotiation here because um, it, it's a football club. And you don't want to see him removed. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to see him removed like that. You don't see Macclesfield not being able to fulfil their fixtures. They need to sort something out.
1: Yeah, and and, and you know, I, I have to say I don't know any Dover fans personally, but because of their history, I'm sure most of them would say, well, if it means we get, have, have to get relegated two divisions. But are still there as a viable yeah. business. Yeah, that's acceptable. You know, the worst case of all is going, so they're not a the viable club anymore. Maidstone and Accrington and Aldershot in, in the past. And, and you know, to be fair, you know, Aldersho- uh, Dover have been run very, very well. Uh, Jim Palmin to their um, chairman, is yeah. uh, um, you know, he is he, his own man. Don't get me wrong, yeah, he's very much his own man. Uh, but he had the bottle to, to resign from the uh, the board of the National League because he couldn't follow the, the the collective, you know, the cabinet responsibility of the board. So at least he did that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you look at their finances and they've been pretty well run for a, quite a long time by him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't lived beyond their means. No. And so credit to them, whereas there will be clubs who are running in Ireland that have been run be, beyond their means. You know, uh, uh, I've, I've not studied. A lot of them, uh, um, but but there will be clubs in there that, that would would struggle, whether we were we got fans in or not. <laughs> to be honest, you know, so, such is life. But anyway, mm. yeah. The, the main thing is that, uh, that that keep that promotion position two places going. That's what yeah that that should be the national leagues number one operation yeah. and maintaining the integrity of the league is is right up there as well but they've got to be strong and they haven't been strong the leadership hasn't been strong in the last no. last yeah. few months unfortunately so uh, such is uh, life okay well we've talked about Chesterville we've talked about all sorts of uh, things is there any little um, little things you want to bring to the table before we
0: I'm just going to have a little plug for uh, there's another podcast which is uh, Legends of the Spire podcast run by Dave Garrett. He got uh, former Chessville players Jamie Hewitt and his latest episode is Dwayne Mattis. Uh, an interesting watch. It's on YouTube. Oh right, and you I think he's also got it. Yeah, time. his Dwayne Mattis one is really good, um, and the Jamie Hewitt one was really good as well because mm. you know Jamie really touches. Everybody who's who lives in Chesterfield and you know and one that's episode one to go with and that's that's well worth a, a watch as well. So I'll, uh, yeah. I'll I don't normally plug other podcasts, but um, <laughs> I'm probably going to plug that one because that's uh, it's pretty good.
4: Yeah. Okay, Daryl. I, I just think it's a massive week uh, on and off the pitch. I understand that the confirmation of, of what we'll get from Sport England is in the next week or so. So. Um, I think for all the clubs, they need certainty. That's what they need, whether it's loans, grants, combination of the two, yeah. so that we can we can get down to running the season to its natural course and uh, hopefully being in the top top seven. But uh, yeah, and wh- whether it's good con-
1: good certainty or bad certainty, it's the, it is that certainty element, isn't it? it, it? Is. And, 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 and and I think you you know, you know better than the average bear. I, I think the club was very 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 quickly off the out of the uh, traps about um, looking at grants. I think they were stole a march on if not everybody,
4: most people, didn't they? I think they were one of the first applications in. Yeah. Um, well, what, what, one other thing we touched upon very briefly, I think, last time was the the season ticket sales for for last year. I understand have gone terrifically well, and, and I've already got six figures uh, in, in terms of
0: uh, income, which is terrific. Oh wow! Fantastic. Wow. Well, my oh, dad got his. You. So my dad got his in pretty quick. So uh, yeah. he's, he's quite happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. And uh, uh, Stuart, there's all. Mm. Yeah. I
1: I I I really feel for you with all these Smiths, <laughs> in, Smiths involved. <laughs> It's who are, who a, are they? Which uh, who signed what in what order? Who they are? Where they've come from? And of course, players that sign for us now have already played for eight hundred and thirty-two clubs. It's not like somebody who used to play for Tranmere and that was it. Yeah, yeah. And, that uh, is
2: that is that is the thing. Trying to find out. Um, how many appearances so and so made for Concord Rangers when they were kind of in the Essex Senior League or something like ago. that? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, we had good practice, didn't we, in the eighties when we had three Browns in the side for for all these Smiths playing at the same time. So. Yeah.
1: Yes, and I did notice that uh, Grant Smith, in his bright pink attire, just had Smith on. We we it could have easily been any of the Smiths. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he didn't. He didn't have his. His, uh, his,
0: his first initial. Johnny uh, a clue there as uh, to wearing... who
2: would go in goal if uh, if the yeah. keeper
0: was ever injured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mor- so if we get a Morrissey, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> but but you, you mentioned there about Concord uh, Rangers. I, I, I just like it when James Rowe was talking about Grant Smith and just as if it was a normal thing to do. And, of course, I saw his performances for Concord Rangers and everything like I mean, they are in the National League South. It's <laughs> not as though they're in some... <laughs> Uh, league way below that, but but it's just the way that like that's normal. Why wouldn't you watch Concord mm. Rangers yeah, when yeah. you have the opportunity?
3: Yeah. You
1: know, why wouldn't you be sk- studying their the, the the form of their players, albeit maybe on on pieces of paper and spreadsheets to know what they're capable of doing? Mm. Yeah, you know? and of course that's what you do in any walk of life in real world, isn't it? Mm. You would you would find out about your competitors. And know what the strengths and weaknesses were. You might not know the individual's concern, but you'd know what the strengths and weaknesses were. Mm. And I just love the way that he takes that in his stride and, and makes it sound as though it's just absolutely normal. Doesn't everybody else do it? Yes. 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 And the mm. answer is no, they don't. Well, yes. Yeah. Not everybody else does do it. And, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I just um, just hope that on the inevitable when he does move on, that that he's... Asked to be on the interview panel for who comes next. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's a good, I, good one. That yeah, I, yeah. I did
1: ask him uh, that question in the Q and A about who should we be looking at, without saying when you go, who would you appoint? But he pointed out the Boreham Wood guy and um, uh, the Dagenham guys as the two young. Carl
0: McMahon, yeah, got a coach. go.
1: And, yeah. um, and is it Meadows at Boreham Wood? I want to know. Uh, Lee Garard well done. Yeah, I don't know why I'd forgotten his name, but that's it. So, such is life. Well, yep, yeah, we've uh, we've had a slight marathon tonight, but hopefully you've uh, you've enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be back when. when. Oh, the the, the the cricket coming up uh, in India, it, it's 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 pink ball. It's a more reasonable yeah. time.
0: 9am starts which is pretty mm-hmm. good I'm on uh, Thursday and Saturday so uh, yeah. I should be working yeah. from home yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> the, next, uh, the next test starts on Thursday it starts on Wednesday uh, day one so I'm on days two and four so uh, so yeah oh, just now
1: just first time for 19 years I think we've had a test match on terrestrial television isn't it so, it's, brilliant.
0: Um, yes. it's brilliant yes it's really good
1: fantastic yeah the coverage has been very good as well well done I, I, I know uh, Channel 4 have taken it directly from the uh, Indian feed, but you know it's pretty good. It's uh, yeah, Indian, mm. good to see.
0: And um, some of the fourth umpiring has been good, but not as <laughs> But well, if you can, if we can only work his PlayStation, it'd be fine, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 okay, so
1: uh, thanks for uh, seeing it through to get this far from uh, me. Field Paul Fisher, Daryl Carpenter, and Stuart Basson. Well, who knows how many more points we'll have next time we speak? Cheers.
0: And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers.